Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I'm a licensed psychologist here in Georgia and it is time for the TT Time with Dr. Tarver. It's a wellness-based podcast. It is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health provider. February is wrapping up. I cannot believe it is almost March. This month, we have been talking about relationship dynamics. We've discussed when to end relationships, boundaries, expectations. And today, I want to get into one of the other most popular topics I have within relationships. And that is how we learn how to love. So let's get into it. Now, uh, you know I like a good song. And so Music Soul Child has a song called Teach Me. Um, with a subtitle of How to Love. And in this song, he talks about our relationship is suffering, trying to give you what I never had. I was always taught to be strong. Never let them think you care at all. Let no one get close to me. Ain't nobody ever took the time to try to teach me what love was but you. And I ain't never trust no one enough to let them tell me what to do. I know I lack affection and expressing my feelings. Teach me how to love. Show me the way to surrender my heart. I'm so lost. So as we think about the lyrics of this song, it reminds me of expectations. So you may, if you were like me as a kid, you fantasize, you may still do that as I do as an adult, but you think about what love could look like the potential for love. And so maybe when you were a kid, there was no better place for you to be than nestled up on a parent or a grandparent's chest or under their arms or laying across their lap and them planting your hair or just sitting next to them. You just want to be able to touch them in some kind of way, maybe elbow to elbow or um, shoulder to shoulder or maybe foot to foot. But you just wanted to be able to be in their space and just soak up all of this love and, and um, adoration and um, this, this safety that those spaces provided. Now, on the other side of the spectrum, you may have grown up in a family where there wasn't a lot of affection. There weren't words of affirmation or encouragement, maybe there weren't any loving gestures. You might not have even been greeted with a good morning or a good night or a hello when you walk in a space. You may not have heard people say, I love you. Or when you said, I love you, they said, me too. Or, okay. Sometimes we weren't in positions where people could show up for us in our activities. Or maybe they prioritize romantic partners or other relationships over their relationships with us as their kids. You may have seen a lot of conflict growing up, yelling, cursing. You may have witnessed abuse and other types of violence. Maybe you saw divorce, infidelity, or people being married, but they were distant. People being in what they would consider to be a relationship with each other. And they were there, but they weren't really present. Or maybe you saw the other side of that, which is only sacrifice, but not self-love. And so you know how to be other focused and take care of other people's needs. And you come to value that and think that that is a priority. 
to a point where people get neglected um, and what they want isn't reciprocated in relationships. So let's get into what I call the science of it. Like, Where do these things come from? Where do our expectations of what it looks like to be loved or how to love other people, where do they come from? I want to let you know that learning how to love yourself, learning how to love other people, those are skills. Being able to receive love is a skill. They are not things that I like to say come standard on the model. Now, our capacity to love is present. So in all children, there is a capacity to love. However, as we grow and develop, we will be able to then see whether or not it is nurtured in us to be able to love ourselves, other people, and also be able to receive love. Now, sometimes we will label love by what the relationship gives us, right? So maybe there is a person who just pays attention. They act like they care. Um, maybe it's a, a, a friendship or there's some kind of affection there. And particularly when we are love starved and we don't have consistency or reciprocity in our lives, those things will be something we would label love. And, and it may be, and this is how sometimes we get in situations where we have a mental health provider who actually shows up, they're present, they see you, they care about you, they're invested in you. And then we will confuse that for a romantic love. Or maybe you have a, a pastor or a mentor or a coach, someone who has been present in your life, more so than maybe the people you feel like should have been there for you just by virtue of their relationship to you and they haven't been. And so we can mistake that as a romantic type of love. When we see people just being kind to us, um, we can just misunderstand that because they're safe and they're comfortable. And that allows us to feel loved and so we can sometimes misinterpret that as a romantic love. I want to let you know that learning how to love yourself, learning how to love other people, those are skills. Being able to receive love is a skill. They are not things that I like to say come standard on the model. Now our capacity to love is present. So in all children there is a capacity to love. However, as we grow and develop, we will be able to then see whether or not it is nurtured in us to be able to love ourselves, other people, and also be able to receive love. Now, sometimes we will label love by what the relationship gives us, right? So maybe there is a person who just pays attention. They act like they care. Um, maybe it's a, a, a friendship or there's some kind of affection there. And particularly when we are love starved and we don't have consistency or reciprocity in our lives, those things will be something we would label love. And, and it may be, and this is how sometimes we get in situations where we have a mental health provider who actually shows up, they're present, they see you, they care about you, they're invested in you. And then we will confuse that for a romantic love. Or maybe you have a, a pastor or a mentor or a coach, someone who has been present in your life, more so than maybe the people you feel like should have been there for you just by virtue of their relationship to you and they haven't been. And so we can mistake that as a romantic type of love. 
when we see people just being kind to us, um, we can just misunderstand that because they're safe and they're comfortable. And that allows us to feel loved. And so we can sometimes misinterpret that as a romantic love. Excuse me. I feel like I always sneeze during these episodes. Excuse me. All right. Um, We also may define love by what we call a chemical release. I like to call it a chemical love. And you're like, what in the heck is a chemical love? (laughs) A chemical love may be things such as when you cuddle with people or or people um, engage in caring behaviors towards you, it releases oxytocin, which we call the, the cuddling caring hormone. When you are doing things that give you pleasure from people or they um, are, are giving you pleasure, it releases dopamine. That's our pleasure chemical. When we experience physical attraction, so when you just see somebody is, whoo, that's a good looking person, um, we release vasopressin. When we go through puberty <laughs> and our hormones of estrogen and testosterone get activated, then we start to experience lust. That may be the first time you really kind of pined after somebody is as you were going through puberty. So what does all of that mean? Um, all of that means that those are things that may feel like love, but how do we actually learn to be able to love experience love, give a love. Well, it actually comes from what we call secure attachment. And I've talked a little bit before um, in previous podcasts about um, attachment, but that secure attachment is where we feel safe and supported and connected. And because of that, because we had that stability, because there were people that were able to express affection to us, and affirm us and love on us it allows us to be able to express emotions we do what we see so when someone else is able to say how they're feeling and give us the space to feel safe doing the same then we learn how to nurture and develop that skill when we're able to seek comfort and receive that comfort it teaches us how to be able to be comforting and receive comfort when we have the capacity to be able to know this environment is safe that no matter what, I'll be unconditionally loved. And even if I get out there and um, don't make the best decisions, I know I can come back here to this safe space and I will be accepted back. And I'll be able to make um, these changes and be able to um, be forgiven and and be able to move forward in healthy ways. And I recognize that um, my behavior doesn't necessarily have to be a reflection of my character. Right, because people are able to give me constructive feedback and allow me to grow and allow me to be able to make those mistakes. And also what that secure attachment does is it allows us to be comfortable with intimacy, to understand what intimacy looks like. When we are starved of love or we think that love is tied to conditions um, or that love is pain, it does not allow us to be able to create these healthy relationships and be intimate with other people there are so many different types of intimacy it's not just sexual intimacy communication intimacy spiritual intimacy um, problem solving intimacy and what these secure attachments do is they allow us to develop coping to be able to problem solve um, to be able to build trusting relationships to gain empathy 
to be able to be compassionate, to see the humanity in people, to be able to not only practice forgiveness, but also to be able to apologize sincerely when we have done something that has hurt someone else. It allows us to be able to be close and not uncomfortable when people are getting close to us. And it also allows us to be comfortable being alone. And we find that I've talked a bit about that codependency piece. When people don't have those secure attachments growing up, that insecurity develops. And what happens? Like, I'm not comfortable being by myself um, because I feel like I need this other person in order for me to be a whole realized being. So let's talk about how do we then nurture this? So if I didn't grow up with that secure attachment, I didn't see those loving relationships growing up I've not learned how to be vulnerable how to be able to um, be secure and trusting in my relationships express my feelings um, to be able to offer apologies to be able to receive apologies um, to be able to know how to be connected to someone in a healthy way to be able to be intimate and close um, because I feel safe with someone well one if you don't have it growing up you didn't have it growing up then a good way to do that is observing people who do have it, observing people that have that skill set, observing people who have loving relationships with each other. Find those people that have that reciprocity and that balance. Not only will it allow you to be able to see what that can look like, but it also gives you opportunities to be able to bond as well. Because when we create safe spaces around us, it allows us to be able to challenge some of the cognitions that we've developed growing up in environments that didn't nurture it to replace it with like oh hey this is possible it is possible to have a loving relationship it is possible to be able to express myself and there not be a negative consequence associated with it I can be loved and there not be abuse and pain that comes along with that love I can um, be able to have someone who sees me hears me understands me and wants what's best for me right um other component of that is being able to do some reading like there are a lot of books that talk about how to one be a self-realized person and learn how to be comfortable in your skin your self-love because it first starts there but also how to be in loving relationships with other people um, and, and I think a lot of times there's podcasts there's a lot of times and, and this is where it's important make sure that what you're reading is from someone who is a licensed professional make sure that your podcast is from someone who is a licensed professional. It is very easy to get caught up in misinformation because we are engaging with people who are coming from their place of hurt and their place of lack. And so now we are looking at them as a reliable source of information when they're a wounded source of information. And so the way that they view things is going to be out of that perception of their wounds. Um, here's your plug for therapy. Going to therapy to understand what are some of these dynamics you learned and being able to reconstruct them and being able to move forward with new healthy cognitions. Um, being able to get practice and experience, right? And that might be through focused groups. Could be a small group at a church, it might be group therapy, there might be some social groups that you join that allow you to be able to have loving relationships. And again, loving relationship doesn't necessarily equate only to romantic relationships. That is loving friendships. That is a loving relationship from someone who can serve in that caregiver role for you and be able to give you healthy advice, be able to model things for you. 
Um, And so there's a lot of different ways that love can show up in your life. And I think sometimes when we overfocus on that romantic love, it doesn't allow for us to have safe opportunities to experience love in other ways. Um, I do think it's important for us as we work on our self-compassion. So being able to love us, be kind to ourselves, being patient with ourselves, recognizing our areas for growth. It allows us to be able to have the capacity to both receive love and give love. Because oftentimes we don't believe that people can love us because we don't love us. And so being able to just improve your self-reflection, how you express yourself, being able to manage disappointments. Um, I think a lot of times people have a misperception about that being in a loving relationship means that there'll never be a disagreement. There won't be an argument. There won't be a misunderstanding because to them, when they've experienced that, it meant that it wasn't a safe place. So being able to receive constructive feedback, being able to manage frustrations in a healthy way is a part of being able to learn to love too. And so that does mean that it's going to be important for you to do that self-work. So you got to spend some time with yourself. A lot of times we don't like being by ourselves. And that's again, because we don't really like ourselves. We don't feel like we don't like ourselves. Nobody else is going to like me. And so it's very difficult for us to be able to even see what gives me joy. What are my passions? What are ways that I can pour into myself, particularly if we've grown up to be very other focused? We sometimes see that as selfishness. And so we don't nurture self-care. But it is important for you to learn how to love you in order for you to be able to talk to other people about how to love you and also to be able to love other people. So you have the capacity to love and be loved if it is nurtured in a healthy way. And there are a variety of ways to accomplish that. Okay, be well.